0: Hello, and welcome to the March 15th, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. everybody, and welcome again to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It's good to have everybody with me tonight. So tonight, uh, I wanted to do a quick overview of bipolar disorder and medications. It's something that I've talked quite a bit about, but I've never really given anybody a, a real rundown of the medications for bipolar disorder. I've given you my experiences with some of them. Uh, but I've never actually gave you some real legitimate information when it comes to medication. and uh, you know, I, I can't say what works and what doesn't because everybody's an individual. It's not fair to say that. And I have to also be very careful with the way that I project my experiences with medication because, again, not everything that worked for me or didn't work for me is it's gonna it's not gonna be the same for everybody out there so I have to be very careful with that the only thing that I could do is is really share again what I've experienced in my life and you can take it with a grain of salt and you know you could it's it's a lot of times it's safe to assume that while you may not have the same effects that I had let's say with Abilify when I was first put on that that doesn't mean that you won't have similar effects On another antipsychotic medication that also doesn't mean that you will have the same effects if you are on Abilify maybe that actually works wonders for you so again it's just a matter of finding the right cocktail and finding what works for you I could tell you this the only antidepressant that ever worked for me was Welbutrin okay Now, I say that because the other medications, the other antidepressants that I went on, first and foremost, I will tell you this, that um, the, what we call, um, well, antidepressants are really used they're, they're, they should be used to treat the acute episodes of bipolar disorder. And what I mean by that is, you know, the, the immediate symptoms, I guess you could say, that immediate depression that might come on. There's a lot of controversy when it comes to antidepressants because, like what it used to do for me, it instigates sometimes a manic switch in me. And you know, if you have bipolar or bipolar tendencies, a lot of times what antidepressants will do is they will turn that mania switch on and they will, you know, throw you into a manic state. Now well butrin worked for me because from what I understand it's it's known to have a lower manic Change rate, if that makes sense, and believe it or not, another medication that falls into that category is uh, Paxil. I do know that. Now, I've never been on Paxil, but I do know that you know those two medications have been been pretty good when it comes to antidepressants in combination, usually with a mood stabilizing drug and we'll get to the traditional mood stabilizers in a minute um... but most psychiatrists and and, um, doctors that are qualified to treat bipolar disorder and I'm not talking about your family practitioner they are not qualified to treat bipolar disorder they can make a guess as to what, if somebody has depression, exactly what antidepressant will work with a particular person, but, you know, they are not able to prescribe for bipolar disorder. It's as simple as that. And most experts in the field of psychology will agree that antidepressants should not really be given to people with bipolar disorder, at least in the absence of a mood stabilizer. That's the first and foremost thing. Sometimes what we call an SSRI, and, uh, you know, forgive me for, um, I, I forget exactly what, it's, what, it's, um, what it stands for. Uh, it's a serotonin, my goodness, it's a, what in the world, I forget. I believe it's selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. And what they really do is they, they target primarily the serotonin. And if you're on one of those, that class of the SSRIs, and they're probably the most, like I said, the most widely known ones. Those are the Prozacs, the Zoloft, the Paxils, the Lexapro. I had a horrible experience with Lexapro as well. Uh, it's it, it it did not really agree with me at, at all. To be honest with you, uh, one of the side effects that uh, happened with me was you know I had sexual side effects uh, with the Lexapro, and I noticed that immediately. About uh, I wouldn't say immediately about about seven about four to seven days in, I started to realize that, and that is one of the problems with being in a psychiatric hospitalization setting. When I was first diagnosed and incorrectly I might add with bipolar 2 after an attempted suicide I went in like a maniac but I also appeared to be depressed because I was coming down off a, a variety of different drugs such as cocaine and alcohol so not only was I manic like because I was crazy in my behavior but I was also I also appeared to be very depressed so there because that depression appeared within me they viewed me as somebody with bipolar 2 and they treated me as somebody with bipolar 2 they wanted to immediately take care of those acute depressive symptoms and they placed me on Lexapro and they wanted to stop me from being a a a psychopath (laughs) which is the way that I depicted myself So they put me on an antipsychotic. And, uh, you know, what you need to know about, I don't want to jump too far all over the place here, but what you need to know about antipsychotics is they are, and and we call them atypical antipsychotics. It's relatively new, and I believe it was 1999, if I'm not mistaken, that antipsychotics came out. And I'm only mentioning them now because those were the very first two drugs that I was put on. I was put on that SSRI which was known as the lexapro and I started to get one of the side effects of the lexapro, which was my that change in the sexual functioning. Uh, I didn't have the decreased feeling for sex, but I was unable to ejaculate, let's put it that way or an, or obtain an orgasm. not possible. Um, and because of my psychopathic ways, and I, I was, uh, I guess, um, I, I more or less had to be sedated. <laughs> let's let's put it that way. They put me on an antipsychotic, and again, they're a relatively new. They're a new. Uh, they were they emerged in the atypical ones emerged in around nineteen ninety. I know that, and they're they they're effective in treating psychotic symptoms from what I understand, that I know. Uh, delusions, hallucina- hallucinations, the voices I speak about, those things they're very, very good at. Uh, agitation or hyperactivity that, that usually goes in line with the severe mood swings that accompany bipolar. Um, and I don't think they affect the dopamine very much, but don't quote me on that one. There are certain things that I do know for sure but I don't know if, I'm almost positive it doesn't really affect the dopamine, but again, you would have to look that up, and uh, don't quote me on that one. I know that, you know, antipsychotics are good for treating those acute episodes of mania and depression, and in some cases, they've been known to prevent future episodes from occurring. And again, I was put on Abilify. Another one is Zyprexa, I believe that's in the Abilify class as well, and I know that FDA approved them and kind of like for maintenance of bipolar disorder it's actually they're really good for mixed episodes and rapid rapid cycling but for some reason even though I am one just did not agree with me it made me very edgy it made me it had this very strange side effect on me where I was unable I'll give you I'll give you a great example imagine sitting at a dinner table and just trying to eat a meal I could not Lean over the dinner table and use my fork and knife appropriately. I was so nervous, so so scared to even cut a piece of steak <laughs> that I actually used to have to take my plate and and place it on my lap and kind of eat with my fingers. If that makes any sense, uh, that's how much it just it had a had a very negative effect on me. So. Uh, again, antipsychotics. Primarily, you know, they gave it to me because I acted like a psychopath and I was talking about the voices that I had heard. Um, I was trying to injure myself. So, for the most part, they're there to treat psychosis. Um, again, they're ma- they're, they are used in maintenance for because they have mood stabilizing property. They work well in mixed episodes and for rapid cyclers. But again, didn't work by for me. Um, the other thing that's worth mentioning is I do know that the ones that are more sedating or that make you a little bit sleepy, those ones are known to cause weight gain and meta- me- metabolic syndrome. And uh, what there is something, God, I don't remember, Oh, uh, tar- tar- dyskinesia, tardive dyskinesia, that's the name of it which is kind of a scary, scary thing. It's like um, that muscle movement-related side effect. That is something that I know used to be in line with antipsychotics, and I don't believe those new traditional ones. Uh, the, 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 I do, you know, I don't remember, so I don't want to... myself on this I'm almost positive that those atypical antipsychotics the newer one the newer ones that emerged in the late 1990s or the early 1990s I'm sorry they do not cause or at least they're not known to cause that tardive dyskinesia uh, whereas the traditional ones that were used before those atypical antipsychotics man you had to be careful I knew people that were on antipsychotics that, you know, were not that new atypical class. And they developed tardive dyskinesia, which was this weird muscle movement side effect that was kind of scary, I have to tell you. But those newer ones, like the Zyprexa and the Abilify, supposedly they do not have the ability they the chances of developing that rapid muscle movement is not as high that's not to say that it doesn't happen because I have heard stories of those antipsychotics causing that but again like anything else you have to weigh the pros and the cons and find out what is more important to you if it's something that's going to stabilize your mood if it's going to make you live a more productive life you have to figure out whether or not that's something that you want to be on. I also know this. I know with the atypical antipsychotics, for most of them, there's not you know it's not necessary to have blood work. That I do know as well. So keep that in mind. Whereas there is there are if we once we talk about the mood stabilizers, I'm going to tell you right now. I know two right off the top of my head. One that I was on, which was Depakote. Um, I know for a fact that you had to take blood work with the Depakote, I had to get my, you know, in order to be in that range of valpuric acid, which is really what Depakote is, I had to check my liver function, I had to check my valpuric acid um, levels all the time, that was something that I used to have to do, um... So, you know, that's very important as well. But that's, again, that's with the mood stabilizers. Now, I I can tell you this. For literally decades, decades, mood stabilizers were basically the, the primary treatment for bipolar disorder. And they do exactly what the actual term implies. They keep your moods from going way too up there to get low, 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 like that depression. And they're basically used in both. I happen to be on Lamictal right now, and I'm doing very, very well on it. I will be upping my dose tomorrow, as a matter of fact, to 150 milligrams. And I'm doing so because I'm starting to notice that I'm kind of stuck in that hypomanic, not a dangerous phase, but a little bit hypomanic where I'm starting to hear some voices return and they're very subtle, uh, which is leading me more to also know that I do not have schizoaffective disorder. I, I, those voices develop, that psychosis develops when I start to um, fall into that range of mania. So in order to get that under control, I I don't have to take the route of an antipsychotic, I don't think yet, unless, of course, I max out on the Lamictal and those voices return, then I am going to have to explore that. But for now, it seems that the Lamictal, which again is a mood stabilizer, it allows me to prevent those manic-type runs in which those voices emerge. So that's a really, really good thing. Now, of all the medications used for bipolar disorder, the one with the longest history, I can tell you right now, is lithium. That is one that I did ne- I was never on. And, you know, some people are scared of lithium, i got to tell you. Um, but but for, to me, my God, man, I mean, I don't really know uh, what there is to be scared about in the sense where it's, it's effective for mania. To a lesser degree, I believe it helps with the bi- the depression as well. And there's decades and decades of, of studies on it. Uh, there's also different um, forms of lithium, uh, I believe, uh, and I don't remember the name of them. I would be lying if I did. I know it was called like lithium carbonate, and there was some word with an E and some word with an L, and I don't remember them at all. Um now listen many people view lithium as the end all be all but not everyone is a good lithium responder I know that people like myself who have mixed episodes rapid cycling things of that nature I could tell you right now lithium is not a good one but if you suffer from that classic form of mania lithium could be that really could be that you know really good mood stabilizer where you know you don't have those euphoric out of control grandiose mood said um, it could be really effective. I know that lithium will take anywhere from 10 days up until almost a month to be effective. Maybe a month is pushing it you know more like three three and a half weeks and I know that they, they have to just as Depakote, you have to get your levels checked with lithium. I don't even know exactly how they go about it. I knew, I know it's a blood work test. Um, and I guess they have to make sure that it's not too high because if it's too high, it could be toxic. I believe the numbers are before 0.8 and 1.0 or you could go a little... um, I don't even think you should be going higher. Um, You shouldn't. Uh, Those numbers, you know, that lithium level of 0.8, I think, on 1.0 is where you want to be at those are the good ones, um, and I think once you uh, maintain your mood, you could take a, you could kind of go on a lower level, uh, I believe. Anyway, I don't know enough about lithium. That's the kind of stuff I do remember, and I know I'm right about that. I just don't remember much other than that. You know, I know this. You have to watch out for toxic, toxic, basic poisoning in your body when it comes to lithium, and. I would imagine just like anything else if it's toxic to you you're gonna get all kinds of stuff you are gonna have um, you might go in and out of consciousness you know you won't be able to concentrate maybe get really excessively sleepy I would imagine seizures might be able to occur a guff a bit like even like passing out you know things of that nature I also know that major gastro problems if you are toxic, in a, in a toxic level where, you know, bowel movements are just non-stop, you know, maybe nauseous, you might throw up, things of that nature. Again, this is if your lithium levels are too high and they're in that toxic category. You might even have coordination problems with walking. Your muscles might be all messed up. Your vision might mess, be messed up, possibly some slurred v, speech. <laughs> Look at that. Isn't that amazing how the mind works? I say the word slurred speech, and I actually slur the word. Isn't that something else? Uh, walking might be messed up, things of that nature. You're almost like a drunk person, I would imagine. Uh, so got to be careful with that. But again, it's a classic, classic medication. And it works. It really works for bipolar disorder. It's one that I don't, I think I stayed away from for the most part because I am a rapid cycler. So we decided to keep me away from that. Instead, I was on the, uh, I was on at, at one time in my life. And now again, it has saved my life. It's an anticonvulsant and it's Lamictal. And it's very, very effective for me. Um, I think to me, for me, it was completely ten times better than depakote that does not mean that you are not going to like depakote depakote for me it put me to sleep it really did I mean it used to knock me out um, and again you needed that blood monitoring you had to make sure that you were you know monitoring your your um, valpuric acid when it comes to depakote for lamictal don't need to do that you know it has for me it has has zero side effects other than like a headache i used to get a headache um you know i would get like a little in the beginning of like my first beginning doses sometimes i would not be able to sleep that well Uh, but other than that it's really stabilized my mood so what did we discuss we talked about lithium we talked about depakote those are the main ones that I know about. Uh, there's another one that I was also on, which oh boy, Neurontin. Believe it or not, that's a mood stabilizer. I don't want to. I don't want to down it, okay? But for me, did not work. It made me a nervous wreck. That did not work for me. So again, might work for you. Didn't work for me. Some other ones I believe off the top of my head, Keppra is one of them. Uh, tegra, to te, I don't even remember the name of it. TegraTol, I believe, something along those lines. Topamax, that's another one. So those those are some of your mood stabilizers. And I'm sure there's a bigger list than it. If you need to, you look it up. Okay, go on Google. It's very simple. Just put in the word mood stabilizer. Uh, one of the other big things that you have to worry about with a particular medicine that I'm on, Lamictal, which is why I go up only every two weeks and only by 25 milligrams at a shot is you got that possibility of developing a really, really severe rash. And once you get that that rash, I mean, that rash can be absolutely deadly. So got to be real, real careful with that, okay? Um, We talked about antipsychotics specifically. We talked about... The atypical ones uh, in terms of, uh, what was it Did we talk about? I think we talked about Abilify, we talked about Zyprexa, uh some of the other ones. Okay, some other anti- atypical antipsychotics. Uh, Seroquel, I was also on that. Seroquel was one that I remember being on, and that knocked the you-know-what out of me. <laughs> My ex-wife used to have to walk me to bed. So that, uh, and, and, you know, again, I mentioned before that some of them are very sedating. Seroquel happens to be one of them. Zyprexa, that's a big one, too. Um, They are absolutely sedating, and for me, Seroquel was sedating, and it used to cause sleepiness with me. I know that they are, you know, sometimes they put on weight, too. Uh, I believe Zyprexa happens to be the worst one in regards to weight gain. Um, but, you know, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that one. Um, Abilify, we mentioned. Geodon, that's another one. That's a big one, too. That is an antipsychotic as well, something that you might want to um, give a shot with. Um, I'm not sure if it puts on weight. You would have to, you know, look that up again. Uh, but, 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 again, I have known people that have gained a tremendous amount of weight on Abilify, and then I know other people that have lost weight on Abilify, and things of that nature. So again, it's different for everybody. When they when I talk about these statistics, these are just the, um, you know, the statistically more people than not, these things will happen to. Another one that I know, a lot of my students, believe it or not, with autism, it's called Risperidol. That's one that I see a lot of my students because it happens to be one of the FDA-approved. There are only two FDA-approved medications for autism. Now I'm not talking about autism with another diagnosis because you can have other secondary diagnoses with autism, such as obsessive-compulsive disorder, intellectual disabilities, things of that nature. Well, let's just say you have a diagnosis of autism alone. There are two antipsychotics that are FDA-approved for autism. They happen to be Risperidol, and the other one is actually Abilify. And I have seen some of my children put on a tremendous amount of weight from both. Some of them have lost weight on Abilify. I've yet to see any of my students not gain weight on Risperidol. It's just something that I've witnessed. Again, doesn't mean that it will happen to everybody. Um, then you got your typical antipsychotics, and typical antipsychotics, are, for the most part, are used on a short-term emergency-like basis to treat psychosis, hyperactivity, or agitation, things of that nature during the bipolar episode, and they have that antipsychotic effect, and a most, for the most part, once you pop that sucker in your mouth, you're going to be sedated. And some people refer to them almost as like horse tranquilizers to some extent. Um, you could even, I would imagine, I don't know what was shot into me the day that I was admitted to the hospital, but I do know that they shot me in the arm with something to calm me down. It was an injection because they needed to knock me out. So um, that is what they did. They, you know, And so again, typical antipsychotics, which are different than the atypical ones, they're treated, they used to, to treat those psychotic symptoms, um, it's, it's, it's calming, works almost immediately, that's what happened to me in the, in the hospital, I mean, boom, I was out like a light, I also slept for like two days because of it, and I don't know all the antipsychotics, the typical antipsychotics, I just know that Haldol is one of them, that's a big one, um, Thor- Thorazine, I believe it's called. Uh, Moban, that's one. Navine, Navine, something like that. I don't even remember. Proloxin. Uh, those are some of your typical antipsychotics. Okay. Um, and again, typical antipsychotics. They do have um, that tardive dyskinesia. You know, which is kind of scary. Um, other other, mood, other um, movement-related side effects I know are associated with them, and I don't know. It's almost like um, God. It's almost like, and I don't remember the name of it, but some people will like almost turn into like s- zombie-like, like this sh- slow shuffling walk where they have like no demeanor on their face whatsoever and their hands start to shake and I don't remember the name of it. Again, this is not going to happen with everybody, okay? Uh, but a lot of times that muscle spasm things, uh, restlessness in the legs you know, that need to walk or pace around, that's what happened to me, believe it or not on an atypical antipsychotic. So there you go. I mean that you know typical the typical antipsychotics are the ones that are supposed to cause that. That walking, pacing, feeling—that's more or less what I felt on an atypical antipsychotic. So, you know, important to realize that once again, it's uh, it's something that we got to keep in mind. Got to keep in mind that everybody has you know, different reactions to different stuff. Now, we talked a little bit about um, antidepressants, and I don't know the best way. Um, to describe all these antidepressants, I did tell you that the Wellbutrin, the Paxil, those ones I do know work pretty well. That's not to say that other ones don't work at all, okay? Because there are ones that do work. Work. I was on one, and it was called an SSNRI, which is it, it different from this um, the serotonin, the SSRI, where it only works on serotonin the ssnri works on the serotonin and the nor norepinephrine is actually how it's pronounced <laughs> um i remembered what it was i knew the n stood for something and i had to put you guys on pause and actually go find out norepinephrine um and and again they uh that's basically what those ssnris they affect both the serotonin and the norepinephrine Um, And one of them that I was on was that Cymbalta, and that actually made me lose my mind. It was rather effective. I was on it for four years. What it used to do, though, is throw me into constant manic states And then the Depakote would have to be adjusted. The Lamictal would have to be adjusted to kind of bring me down. But every time I upped myself on that Cymbalta, my goodness, was I a mess. Um, You know, I would be up for three or four days. And then coming off it, I was not instructed properly on how to come off the Cymbalta. It was a very, very, very difficult drug for me to get off. Uh, I do know one other SSNRI is Effexor. And uh, Pristique, I think, is also one. Uh, I believe that's it. Those are the only ones that I know of. you got other antidepressants. They're called MAOIs. I don't know what they stand for, so I'm not even going to tell you what they stand for. I know that they're not really widely used because you got to be on a certain diet. Um, and, and it's sad because i got to tell you, I know research has said in the past that they are actually pretty good, to be honest with you. Um, and they would be really, really effective for bipolar disorder. Um, specifically bipolar 2, I know that they um, always seem to be pretty good, but you know, it's, it's unfortunate that that you got to really fo- follow a very special diet um, in order for them to really, really work. Um, at low doses, I know you don't have to follow that special diet uh, but in order for them to really really work, uh, some of those, Marplan, nardal, Parnate, those are the medications. I don't know a lot, whole lot about them, those MAOIs, okay, because they're not really that widely used. Then you've got the uh, triglycic antidepressants triglycics um i don't know a whole lot about them as well to be honest with you i feel like i've kind of given up on you (laughs) over here because i just don't know um they i know they got a long history they've been been around forever when it comes to antidepressants uh but they're just not used a lot today which is why i don't remember a whole lot about them um i couldn't even name any of them for you i think uh if I'm thinking correctly, I can't remember them, can't remember them, Pamelor, I think something was called Pamelor, Pamelor, something along those lines, Trophenol, I think that might have been one as well, I don't remember guys, so if you're interested, you want to look up Triclycics, tri, tri, silic, Triclycics, I'm probably not even pronouncing it right, put you on pause. Let's just call them cyclics, tricyclics. (laughs) I I just listened on YouTube. Cyclics. That's how much I don't know about those guys, okay? Old school stuff. Old school stuff. Uh, but they're actually called cyclics, okay? That's the short form. It's spelled T if you'd like to look it up, it's spelled T R I C Y C L I C S. And I looked that up on YouTube, just like now. And believe it or not, when I looked it up, I ended up spelling triglycerides. (laughs) So that was not correct, but I'm looking at the YouTube spelling. If you ever get stuck on how to pronounce a word, you can actually look it up in YouTube, and it will actually let you know how to pronounce words. Uh, I believe I went over the SSRIs. Um which was the Celexa, Lexapro, things of that nature, Paxil, Prozac, Zoloft, those are your SSRIs, you got your atypical, atypical antidepressants, ones that work for me, Welbutrin, uh, Remeron, I know that is one as well, I don't know, uh, Trazodone, that's another one too, Trazodone, didn't really uh, work very well for me, Trazodone, to be honest with you, that was more, they used to use it to put me to sleep, and it kind of had a pretty pretty wild effect on me. Um, I believe it's the the brand name is Deserel or something like that. Um, I believe that's how it's pronounced, but I just call it the old fashioned trazodone. Um, antidepressants, there are side effects, as if with anything else. With Wellbutrin, I didn't feel any side effects at all. Um, Again, this won't apply to everybody, so keep that in mind. Some of the common side effects of antidepressant, you want to watch out for agitation, want to make sure that you don't step into that mania type mode, Uh, make sure that you are on a mood stabilizer if you're going to take an antidepressant and you have bipolar disorder. Sometimes you'll get headaches. Uh, There'll be sometimes nauseousness. I used to get that on Cymbalta when I would increase. Sometimes you'll be tired during the day, uh, things of that nature. Your bowels might be messed up. You know, you might have to go to the bathroom all all the time. That is one thing that I believe Welbutrin used to do to me, the one side effect that I would have. It would kind of speed me up and make me have to go to the bathroom, whereas, you know, some of these medications, they will... uh, you know, cause constipation. Dry mouth, That's um, that comes with a lot of medications, believe it or not. You'll see that with a lot, not just antidepressants. Um, I, 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 b- believe it or not, when I thought about dry mouth, the first thing I went to was lithium, because I do know that is one of the side effects with lithium. Um, you know, you could gain a little bit of weight with some of these antidepressants as well. Um, and, of course, I mentioned that change... In the, um, in the sexual function, causes sexual dysfunction sometimes. So, something to keep in mind when it comes to antidepressants. Again, i got to say it, I am not a fan of an antidepressant if you have bipolar disorder without a mood stabilizer, but a regular fam- family practitioner is not going to tell you that. Uh, lastly, I'm going to talk about benzos. Um, and I'm mentioning them because when benzos are used in in moderation they can be very effective they're very good with mania and agitation I will say that um very good for that it's it's they're almost like kind of like tranquilizers in a sense and uh, you know some of Some of them, the the main ones, okay. Before I even talk about what they treat, okay, and what they're all about, let's just get the identification process out of the way. In terms of benzos, and here's what I do know. Don't know them all. I know the main ones: Xanax. That's a benzo. You got your Valium. That's a benzo. That's. I mean, I think the generic term for Valium is Diazepam or something along those lines. Diazepam. Diazepam, diazepam, I think it's called. Um, then you got your Clonopin, which I have a very, very um, long standing prescription of Clonopin. And then you got your Adivan. Those are the ones that I do know. Librium, that's also one as well, if I'm remembering collect- correctly. Um, Traxine, I think. Tranexine, something along those lines. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. And I'm not even going to put you on pause. I just know that it's a, a T-R-A... God, I don't even remember how to spell it, guys. I don't want to sound like a fool, so I'm just going to take take it out of the picture. I'm not even going to go look it up. Uh, but I think it's T-R-A-N-X-E-N-E, if you want to look it up. It falls into the benzo category. But those are your main ones. The main ones are the clonopin, the Xanax, the Valium. Um, You could actually throw that Ativan in there as well. And basically, they have three main uses when it comes to bipolar disorder, when you're talking about a benzo. And it's used for short-term of stopping that acute mania for people like myself, really, who are off the wall, (laughs) to be honest with you, that might be really agitated or irritable. It's really good for that. Um, sometimes, well, the other thing I would say that it would treat would be anxiety disorder. That a lot of times are associated with bipolar disorder. You know, when you have those real prominent anxiety symptoms. And lastly, for insomnia, for people who can't get to be to get to go to sleep, those are what they're great for. Now, here's the biggest problem with benzos they are extremely highly addictive and the God's honest truth because those drugs are central nervous system depressants is really what they are known as number one you should never ever drink with them ever okay um, you shouldn't take any other medications that'll make you fall asleep I mean because man they will knock you out and God forbid you could drop dead and that's the God's honest truth Um, you know I also know this I know in my history doesn't mean it's it's for everybody when I had depressive symptoms didn't work for me it made my depression depression worse so keep that in mind guys that if you are going through depression um, because it affects the central nervous system and it's a depressant you know it could make your depression worse so it's something that you got to keep in mind all right, please keep that in mind, guys. Um, so, again, it's highly addictive, but, you know, if you're on a low dose and you need it to knock you out every night, you're, let's say on a 0.50 milligram of, like, clonopin, um, you know, that should be okay as long as you're not going up. But a lot of times when you are abusing this medication and not using it as prescribed, you're going to start to find that it's going to be less and less effective. And like any other addictive drug, you're going to have to take more and more of it. Okay, so that's, um, that's, that's really really the, uh, the, um, the gist of benzos. Now, I, if you want to talk about FDA-approved meds for bipolar disorder, I don't know them all. I could rattle off a few on the top of my head. Um, you would have to look it up. Just simply Google FDA-approved for treatment of bipolar disorder. I know that lithium is one. I know Lamictal is one, Zyprexa, Abilify, those are all FDA approved. Seroquel is FDA approved. Um, Depakote, Tegretol, I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't remember exactly. It's spelled T-E-G-R-I or T-E-G-R-E-T-O-L. Don't know how to pronounce it. I just remember that it is and guys this is all through research I don't even have anything in front of my face when I read I tell you guys that I'll read I probably should because maybe I'd be able to sound these things out a little bit better but I wanted to just give it to you from from my brain really uh, because I do a lot of presentations on this stuff the truth of the matter is when I do present on this stuff the things that I'm not sure of I kinda just leave them out (laughs) you know because my information will never be wrong, but I will always say that I may be missing some of these medications. I know Risperidol is also an FDA-approved bipolar medication. Zyprexa, um, if I didn't mention Seroquel, I think I did already. Geodon, that's another one that is absolutely approved for bipolar disorder. So those are the ones I know. I might have left something out, like I said again, if you are looking to see the actual approved ones um, go ahead and look it up okay Uh, you know I know this Bob this podcast was a little bit technical I apologize if it was I thought it was important that I went through it for everybody I hope you got something out of this Uh, if you have any questions about medication of course you could always reach out I am NOT a qualified doctor that's important for you to know okay Uh, These are things that I know just through research. And once again, it's important for you to understand that the side effects that I discussed, they do not affect everybody, and it's not the same for everybody. So keep that in mind. Uh, but, but I do know my information is pretty legit. I apologize for some of the uh, mispronunciations, and please give me a correction if I'm wrong on something and I've, I've got something wrong. Please reach out, Mr. Joe BP at Yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you guys. Let me know how I'm doing. Uh, rate me on Stitcher. Rate me on Apple Music, or Apple iTunes. And uh, thank you again for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Have a great night. When I was younger man, I hadn't a care Fooling around, hitting the town, growing my head You came along and stole my heart when you entered my life Take, so I made you my wife Since then I never looked back It's almost like